0: Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Carving It Up Live right here on Facebook Live, YouTube, and on Twitter. As always, I'm Bryson Carver, and we have got an absolutely jam-packed show on tap for you tonight. You know, it's, it's Super Bowl week officially. If I'm not mistaken, Super Bowl opening night is tonight in Phoenix, Arizona, or Glendale, Arizona, rather. Kansas City, Philadelphia getting ready. For Super Bowl 57 this coming Sunday, and we're gonna have a lot of Super Bowl talk, uh, including with my man Patrick Brown, who will be joining the show in about 15 minutes, gonna be talking some Kyrie Irving, Uh, he's gonna give you his reaction to Tom Brady retiring, his Super Bowl 57 prediction, everything, but this is what I love about sports, it's Super Bowl week, the NFL dominates everything as it pertains to ratings and whatnot, and most of today's show... (laughs) is going to be NBA-related. Uh, obviously, most of it centered around the Kyrie Irving story. He just got traded to the Dallas Mavericks yesterday. I'll talk about that in a second, as well as what it means for KD in Brooklyn. Uh, my man, Steph Curry, of the Golden State Warriors, the defending NBA champion, Golden State Warriors, I might remind you, is going to be out for some time. Is it a month? Is it three or four weeks? I'm not certain. We'll see. But, uh, yeah, Steph's going to be out for a while. I'm going to give you my reaction to that later on in the show. Um like I said, Patrick Brown of the Chaos Sports Podcast will be joining us at about uh, 6.15 Eastern to 3.15 Pacific time. Looking forward to having him on the show. Uh, you know, I-, I love that this time of year, this is probably the fourth straight show where I've had an opening segment that is so obvious. Like, th- there's certain shows you do throughout the year where, you know, there- there's there- there's a couple of things I could leave the show off with. Last week, it was Brady retiring uh, the day after that, it was Kyrie Irving requesting a trade. Today, it's Kyrie Irving requesting a trade. Last Monday, it was all the conference championship games. This is what I love. This is a great time of year in sports, so I'm looking forward to getting into it. Kyrie Irving was traded to the Dallas Mavericks yesterday. According to multiple sources, Sham Sharani, Adrian Wojnarowski. all of them, here's the trade. Kyrie Irving to the Dallas Mavericks. The Brooklyn Nets get Spencer Dinwiddie, a reunion there. Dorian Finney-Smith a 2029 first-round pick, and two second-round picks in 2027 and 2029. So the Nets get picks, and they get two starters, uh, two solid starters. I'll get to the Nets' end of this in a little bit as it pertains to KD specifically. But everybody's talking about Kyrie and the, and the Mavericks. Are they championship contenders? Well, the question you have to ask yourself first is this. Are they a better team today than they were 48 hours ago at this time? Well, there's no question they're a better offense. That, that's not debatable. As good as Spencer Dinwiddie is, he could create his own shot as well as anybody. I mean, the last time he was in Brooklyn, he averaged what, 22 and seven? Dorian Finney Smith is exactly perfect for today's NBA. Solid three point shooter, long, good wing defender, uh, really perfect for today's NBA. What do we give him? Six, eight, six, nine ish. Uh, you know, he was huge for the Mavericks the last couple of years, especially in the playoffs, and now he's a Brooklyn net. But as for the Mavericks, you've got Luka Doncic, who is, in my opinion, the third greatest player in the NBA. I think it's Steph Giannis Luka. I think when you talk about the ability to get his own shot anywhere he wants it, however he wants it, anywhere on the floor, his ability to distribute, and to grab rebounds. May I remind you that just a couple months back, all Luka Doncic did was grab 20 rebounds against the New York Knicks. So he can do it all. And then he got Kyrie Irving. 27 points per game. One of the most efficient guards that we've ever seen. I'm talking about a guy who could average 30 or close to it at the very least, shoot over 50% for the field, is a great free throw shooter, is a remarkable three point shooter. And as I've said religiously on this show, he's the greatest ball handler I've ever seen. I love Steph Curry, it's my guy. You know that. Allen Iverson was a a legendary ball handler, as was Jay Crossover, Jamal Crawford. The list goes on and on. I've never seen anybody who's able to put the ball in the string like one Kyrie Irving can. So this duo, offensively, is one of the best that we've seen in the NBA. No question about it. But the question is, are they now a championship contender? If not, the favorites out West. No, they're not. One of the issues with the Mavericks that actually became a strength of theirs last year was their defense. Jason Kidd took over. Luka Doncic wasn't always somebody who necessarily bought in to the defensive side of the floor. He got them to play good team defense, similar to how James Harden did in Houston. The way Mike D'Antonio, remember that 2018 run? James Harden was like, you know, top 10, I think, in the league in steals. Uh, you know, that's that's kind of what, what Jason Kidd got... Uh, Got Luka Doncic to buy into. You had Dorian Finney-Smith. You had Jalen Brunson, who was serviceable on that end of the floor. Again, the team defensive concept. Well, this year, Dallas has been a little bit up and down, which, if we're being honest, the whole league's been up and down defensively. There's been teams like Boston, for example, that have separated themselves. Like Milwaukee has separated themselves. I think today, those are the two best teams in the NBA. One of those teams will not make the finals without a question, just by math. But the point being, no, they're not the favorites. First of all, Denver is great in the defensive end and one of, if not the best offensive team in the league. Like, this is really the first year, I think, in the Nikola Jokic, Jamal Murray era, that they're like a legitimate title contender. Are they like a juggernaut? Are they the favorites, necessarily? I don't think so. I think the West is wide open. Memphis, everybody loved Memphis. Oh, everybody loved them. So Memphis Grizzlies going into the year, and I said, "Hey, I think they'll get to the Western Conference Finals." But uh, I don't know if you've noticed they're, uh, ooh, they're two and eight in their last ten games. I'll tell you, Shannon Sharp with the fear of God in them. You and I, you and I both know that. And you could scoff at this, but uh, I'll talk about them later in the show. There's that team in Golden State. They've danced this dance before. They've gone into the playoffs with an injured Steph Curry. Heck, they did it last year. Steph Curry entered the playoffs injured last year, and they won the title. Did not even see a Game 7 in any of their series. Only saw two Game 6s. So the point being, Dallas has the offensive scores to do. And the end of the day in the NBA, it's about getting buckets. As Uncle Drew, Kyrie Irving himself, said back in those Pepsi commercials back in the day, well, they can get buckets but this feels like a wash, rinse, repeat of Brooklyn just with a better coach, Jason Kidd. Can he get Luka and Kyrie to buy into that side of the floor? Maybe. But if I'm any coach in the NBA, if I'm Steve Kerr, Mike Malone, heck, if I'm Mike Brown of the Sacramento Kings who all of a sudden don't look like a title contender. I don't think Sacramento's going to any kind of run or anything, but Sacramento, I think it's very safe to say they've been the shock of the league. Third seed in the West, nobody saw that coming. If I'm any of these coaches, Monty Williams even, of the Phoenix Suns who are struggling this year, but I still, I'm not looking forward to playing them in the playoffs if I get them as a matchup, especially if they make a move at the deadline with Devin Booker coming back very soon. If I'm one of these coaches, I'm attacking number 77, and I don't know, I guess Kyrie Irving's wearing number 11, number 2, whatever, I think Tim Hardaway wears number 11 in, in, in Dallas, whatever the case may be. I'm attacking Kyrie, I'm attacking Luka Doncic on the defensive side of the floor. That's going to be a major, major story going forward once we get into the postseason, once Dallas is in the postseason. They're the fourth seed now. I think they're a game and a half, half game, something like that, out of the uh, out of the four seed. Look at the standings right now. I'm sorry, they're the sixth seed. My bad, they're the sixth seed, uh, and they are two games back of the three seed, so they're not far off. Do I see this working early? Yeah, actually, I think I do. Again, you're talking about two offensive forces Probably the, the five, two of the five best guard scorers in the NBA t- teamed up. But defensively, you've got to get stops. That's why Boston got to the finals last year. That's why Golden State won the finals last year. Heck, that's why Dallas got to the Western Conference finals last year. Well, now they let go of two of their guys that were key to them being a good defensive team, not to mention Jalen Brunson is no longer there. Kyrie can hold his end of the bargain on the d- defensive side of the floor. He, w- he did with Cleveland in those three years. But he's in year 12 now. Like, the injuries are starting to mount up. I have major questions as to whether this is this is going to work in the long run in terms of contending for a championship. Do I think the Dallas Mavericks get to the Western Conference Finals? I don't see why not. Memphis is struggling, although I think they'll get their act together uh, at some point, hopefully, for their case. Denver's a threat. I don't see Phoenix as a threat to get to the Conference Finals. I do think that for Golden State. Don't count out New Orleans. I know New Orleans is really struggling, but Brandon Ingram just came back. He looks good. We'll see what they look like when Zion comes back. But this, I've I've seen a lot of people act like this is a a foregone conclusion. Uh, I'm not so sure about that. So we'll see how it plays out. But do I see Dallas any closer today than they were two days ago to winning the championship? I do not. Because I never saw Dallas as a team that could get to the conference finals with good defense, much less without it. Albeit now they have Kyrie Irving on that team. As for Brooklyn, and this is this is the fascinating part about it. So KD's coming back soon from an injury. Uh, hopefully he's back for the All Star game. KD, from fact, hasn't played in the All Star game since 2019. So hopefully he's able to come back soon. But what are we looking at for the Brooklyn Nets in terms of draft capital? In terms of the guys they acquired in the draft, we'll see. I don't know how the 2027-2029 picks are going to play out. Okay, they, Those guys, if they do pan out, they're not going to pan out until probably 2032 or something. we we still got a while for that. But I'm looking at the Brooklyn Nets today. i like, okay. you got Kevin Durant. You've got one of the five greatest basketball players in the whole world who's having one of the best seasons of his career quietly. If he hadn't gotten injured, if, if injuries were an issue for him, dude's probably in the MVP race. He's averaging 30 a game. His shooting splits are ridiculous. He's averaging six rebounds, five assists. Like, KD's having a remarkable season. Now you get Spencer Dinwiddie, who obviously we've seen him in a Brooklyn Nets uniform before. We've seen him ball out in the playoffs for them. So much so that they benched an all-star back in the day, D'Angelo Russell. You talk about a guy in Dorian Finney-Smith who can knock down an open jumper, and I anticipate will get some, considering the level of, of, of space he'll have on the floor with KD out there being the primary decision-maker. You talk about Joe Harris, one of the great shooters in the game. The same case can be made for Seth Curry. And this Brooklyn Nets team, even with Kyrie Irving, even without KD, who's one of the better defenders in the league, ever since Jacques Vaughn took over as the interim head coach, this has been a real defensive team. Nick Claxton's been good. Uh, that, that one kid, number 19, I think the lefty shooter, he's been a solid pickup for him this season. Royce O'Neal's been good. Like, They've got depth. This is the most depth that they've had, honestly, since the James Harden trade two years ago. Did they lose the star power of Kyrie Irving? Yes. But as I've constantly (laughs) shown the stats, since Kyrie and KD joined in 2019, the Nets have a better winning percentage without Kyrie than with Kyrie. And when KD plays, they have a significantly better winning percentage when it's just KD as opposed to with KD and Kyrie. So for the Nets... Do I think they're on Boston or Milwaukee's level? Absolutely not. Do I think they're on Philly's level? I mean, Philly just blew a 21-point lead to the Knicks last night, and I don't exactly see the Knicks as a title contender. Can Brooklyn hang tough with with one of these big dogs in the East, which is the better conference today? I don't see why not. But here's the interesting part. The only reason KD was in Brooklyn was to team up with Kyrie. Brooklyn was not exactly on Katie's preferred destination list. Teams like the Clippers were. The Heat. Brooklyn was never on that list. The next definitely, Katie will tell you this, We're not on his list. He did not want to come to New York. But he wanted to play with Kyrie Irving. A mistake that I, you know, I, I said three years ago. But I think we're starting to see uh, that, that was that was a poor decision on his part. Be that as it may. The deadline is 72 hours away. More or less. On Thursday. Kyrie's gone if Kevin Durant feels like okay this is my opportunity with sure not as much star power but way more depth a better coach than Steve Nash was and a solid defensive team is this Katie's opportunity to say well I've the knock on me has always been I haven't been as Charles Barkley would say the bus driver. I haven't been the man on a championship team, although I think in 2017, he was the best player on the Warriors. I think 2018, that, that Steph took that title back over. Be that as it may, this could be an opportunity for Kevin Durant to do that. If not, Stephen A. Smith reported this morning, Boston's in the mix, which, funny enough, that's a trade that I suggested back in, in the summer. I said, Boston, Brooklyn makes the most sense in terms of assets. You got Jalen Brown, who's an all star level player, you got a ton of depth. Robert Williams, I, I, although I doubt the Celtics give up their primary rim protection. Uh, uh, Grant Williams, my man out of Tennessee. He got Peyton Pritchard, although I don't know if the Nets necessarily need more guards, more shooting. Golden State, I'm just saying. Could sure use Kevin with Steph Curry out a few weeks. Got plenty of assets to get him. A lot of first-round picks, a lot of young players. Phoenix doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Uh, they'd probably have to give up Chris Paul J. Crowder, who they tried to give up for Kyrie. You'd have to anticipate that'd be a bigger package to go get KD. There's a lot of factors that go into this. But all I'm saying, don't count Brooklyn out yet. I don't think this is a situation where they're screwed, you know, going to rebuild mode unless they unless they feel like they have to, unless they feel like, okay, Golden State offers a good package. If Golden State would get on the phone, please do so, Bob Myers. Or if the Boston Celtics do, if the Phoenix Suns do, whoever. If this is the team that they have going into the postseason healthy, with Jacques Vaughn as the head coach, with Kevin Durant as your best player, you taking Cleveland to beat them? Are you taking, I don't even think this is a question, are you taking Philadelphia to beat them? Because we know James Harden's history in the playoffs, and we know Joel Embiid's history as it pertains to his health. All of a sudden, the Nets, remember the Nets? I've, I said the last couple of years I didn't consider them a championship contender because there were more questions than answers. Now I kind of know what they are, and it's pretty darn good. So keep your eye on Brooklyn. I don't think this is a team that is just dead in the water now with no Kyrie Irving. I mean, they do still, yes, they, they've lost some offensive firepower, but uh, last I checked, Kevin Durant is one of the greatest scorers the game has ever seen, and he's, he is still on his prime average in 30 a game. Just watch out for the Nets. All right, so again, it is Super Bowl week. There's a lot of NBA headlines right now. I'm looking forward to getting to all of them with our next guest. He is the host of the Chaotic Sports Podcast, and he is a teammate of mine in the grid. Most importantly, I consider him like an older brother. Would you please welcome Patrick Brown of the Chaotic Sports Podcast. Patrick, how are you doing, my man? Happy Monday, Bryson. Can you hear my audio on your end? I got you. I got you loud and clear, man. How you doing?
1: Respiratory allergies are in full effect as this weather keeps going up and down, but we're going to make it work. I'm excited about being back on your show, Bryson. Glad to be here.
0: Hey, I'm glad to, I'm glad to have you back. It's funny. The last two times, I think I had you on on a Friday, so it's nice to have you on uh, to start this week on a Monday. And it's safe to say a lot has happened in the world of sports. since the last time you were on. Uh, I want to get your take on the Kyrie Irving situation before we get into any NFL uh, talk and some LeBron Kareem talk. What what was sort of your takeaway on the trade request and the trade itself? Do you think Dallas is any closer to to being a championship team today as they were say on Saturday?
1: No, they're not because the uh, the Dallas Mavericks. What what do we know about you know, having two ball-dominant players on the same court, it's not going to happen. Because giving up Dorian Finney-Smith and um, Spencer Dinwiddie was huge for their depth. Because both those guys can give you 20, 25 on any given night. And then on top of that, um, I think Luka is going to get more than what he bargained for, you know, playing with Kyrie. I mean, I understand you see a Wendell twin now. In the Western Conference, has got a lot of questions, but I mean, if KJC can keep Kyrie focused on basketball, it's going to be the biggest question. Yeah, and Christian Wood is probably on the trade block as well, and that could be a huge blow if they trade him. Because I know there may be some some trade discussions with him now that they've acquired Kyrie, even though he's on like a team friendly contract, but. My first impression from that deal was I wouldn't say I was necessarily shocked. I think the biggest loser in this situation is obviously the Lakers because of their non-aggressiveness in trying to get this, you know, at least try to make a, a trade for, you know, make a push for Kyrie. But buyer beware, what do we know about Kyrie Irving the last three and a half years? Unannounced PTO, and it's always something, an injury or something non-basketball related. And that's going to be the biggest question. We've seen this movie before with him saying, I'll, I'll come back if you allow me. Is that when, yeah. if I'm not mistaken, that's what he told Boston. Boston? Yep. And he's looking for a four-year deal with an excess of over $200 million. If I'm Mark Cuban, if you elect to re-sign him, you've got to put that verbiage in there, Bryson. You have to put that verbiage in there to protect yourself because he missed forty percent of his games, you know, in Brooklyn. Didn't even really play a full season, and him and KD only played, only had they only had one playoff series win to show for it. And then yep. the biggest question after today is what seventy-two hours away from the trade deadline this is on Wednesday this is on, this got extended Thursday, right? I would not be surprised if the great Kevin Durant requests a trade, because he's probably looking at this and said, "Okay, Kyrie's gone. What are they going to do with Ben Simmons?" That that's kind of like the biggest yeah. elf in the room because they have no. What do they have in Ben Simmons? You see flashes of it, but is he someone you can rely on the roster that could go in and be you know efficient? You know, whether it's you know being a facilitator on offense or getting. You know a couple of rebounds here and there on defense, but their roster is good enough to you know play with the Philadelphia 76ers. But if they have to go up against Milwaukee or Boston, it, it they're not getting past either one of those two teams. And Bryson they can hang with they can hang with Philly because we all know James Harden fans out in the postseason, Joel Embiid is usually hurt, and Doc Rivers finds a way to lose a series. That's a good point. Well, but well, yeah, go ahead. But if I'm but if I'm your Warriors right now, make that call. I mean, what, I mean if, if it's all possibility, in an ideal world, and perfect situation, I would love for Jeannie Buss to pull, pull, to pull the plug on Rob Lincoln this summer and go hire Bob Myers in a perfect world. I would love to have Bob Myers in my front office as my GM and saying, you know what, we're not holding on to these picks. If you can take one of those picks – and go get Kevin Durant, do it. If I'm the Lakers, if I could get rid of Rob Blinka and get Kevin Durant, I would. But I know your Warriors right now have the best package to offer. Boston's kind of a is a tricky one there because this team is is stacked. You give up Jalen Brown, maybe for Kevin Durant, but you'd have to add more on to Jalen Brown. You'd have to, yeah, you'd have to add more. You have to, to add it. some picks in there. Yeah. Because if Kevin goes to Boston, it's championship or bust. Right now, if they yeah. if they make this, if they were to make that move in the next seventy two hours, that's championship or bust for for Boston. But as far as Dallas goes, they're nowhere remotely close to winning the West than they were forty eight hours ago.
0: I agree. It feels like they're kind of, kind of in the same spot where their their weakness got better and their strength got a little bit worse. So it's kind of like, you know, what, what, what is there to give? Uh, we've got a few comments here. One from our guy, Barry Grant jr. The all even podcast, a fellow Lakers fan as you are, he says Lakers tried and they were not willing to part with literally everything to get a deal done. Uh, that would be foolish. Grady says, uh, Grady Edwards, what's up, Grady? He says, greetings, the Lakers made the right move. This season is kind of a wash, and they can't win the title anywhere. I'm pretty sure that they'll make, I'm quite sure they'll make some uh, real move this summer. This roster has potential. Just hope the Lakers don't do the deal with two picks for Conley, Clarkson, and Beasley. That would be a terrible trade. Yes, it would, 100%. Um, You know, the thing, too, is... uh, and Grace is as a Dallas Laker supporter. Bob Myers probably wishful thing. Yeah, I I hope so. Although he is a he's a free agent in, 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 as far as being a general manager. So Joe Laker, Peter Guber, would you please get a deal done with this man? This is like the architect of this dynasty. I mean, you got Kevin Durant for a pretty team friendly deal back in 2016. So let's 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 just you better not let this man go to L.A. or or, or Patrick uh, uh, Barry Grady everybody the lakers are going to be back if you get bob myers this this would be like the second coming of jerry west i'm just telling you right now what this man can do in terms of the draft and in terms of free agency just don't let this happen don't don't let this happen uh uh-uh. uh uh-uh. speaking of the lakers uh lebron's not happy right now patrick he, he's not happy so he he put that tweet out yesterday simply simply put maybe it's just me he mm-hmm. just recently did an espn sit down interview with michael wilbon uh and was talking about he was pretty Clear, concise, and to the point. That yeah, I kind of wanted Kyrie to be here, and he said he's he's talking about turning the page to you know the guys that they do have and you know try and make the playoffs and whatnot. Uh, I'll we'll get to the the Kareem stuff in a second, but what sort of your takeaway on LeBron? Do you think if the Lakers don't make that big move, as Gray suggested in the comments in in, in the in the off season or even at the trade deadline, which I, I it seems pretty unlikely, you think this is it for LeBron in L.A. In all honesty,
1: Bryson, I believe it will be the end of LeBron's tenure of LeBron's tenure in LA because they're making him pay for the Westbrook trade that he wanted. Now, credit—he's going to pass Kareem, but now it just kind of feels like this season's a wash. I mean, there's no re- there's no way this team makes it to the play-in tournament. I don't think they will. Really. You don't think so? If they make if they make a one more move at the trade deadline, but it's not going to be for a splashy player because for whatever reason, Rob Polinka is not letting go of these first round picks. He's not going to let go. Of them. I, I I don't get it, and I I just wish that they would just fire Rob like now. But in a perfect world, Genie's going to gaslight this the fan base along with Rob Palinka. If you Listen to LeBron, he's calm about it, but deep in his heart, this franchise doesn't care about LeBron, what LeBron has left. They don't. They're they're wasting it. And if I'm LeBron, I would try to see how the um, how the you know free agency plays out, unless they say, Look, we're gonna go get a Damian Lillard. Okay, you get Dave. If you get Dame, I, I'm good with that. I, I'm I'll take Dame over Kyrie right now because I know 100%. what I'm getting out of Damian Lillard. He's, I mean, the, the guy is a as a as a walking bucket. Gets 60 any given moment. I don't necessarily say I would want Bradley Bill because Bill's been up and down in injury. I, I don't I don't think that that would be a good dynamic. But go get me Dame Lillard. If I mean if if all us fellas get Dame Lillard because I know what I'm getting. If you get him the way there's no trade clause and ditch Rob Polinka and go get Bob Myers, I'm good. But it's not too encouraging right now. Listening to LeBron uh, talk about the disappointment with this team right now, as far as the way it's constructed, some of it he's everybody can be blame him for. You know the Russell Westbrook trade, but Rob Polinka obviously doesn't care. He wants to hold on to those picks. LeBron's not going to be there past 2025, 2026, and we're up in there. No. He's not going to be there. If you see the window to go get a championship, go for it. Any smart GM would trade those picks in a heartbeat. And I know in a, in a perfect world, fingers crossed, if we get Bob Myers, I don't know that would probably make Dub Nation. Don't say bigger. that.
0: Stop saying that, Patrick. Come on, man. <laughs> You're speaking into existence.
1: Hey, it's only crazy until <laughs> it happens. If it does happen, I would love to be back. To I got the the uh, Bulls and the Lakers colors on, so I had to you know show love to my childhood team, the the Bulls. But the Lakers are, you know that that sentimental team of me because I grew up in the the Showtime era. That was the the reason I'm I'm adopted Lakers fans because of Magic and Kareem and James Worthy and that beautiful era of basketball before the greatest band on earth MJ took took the league by storm, but I, I I feel for LeBron, and him passing Kareem is just gonna feel like that's the only thing that we have to look forward to. Because this team, if in a perfect world, if Anthony Davis can stay healthy and they can somehow sneak in there as a seventh seed, they're not gonna get past. I think is it Memphis. No, Memphis no. it's like right the, now, yeah. Memphis is number two, but that team is so out of control right now. It, it's not even. Are we are we sure they're a title contender right now? Are we are we that sure?
0: Well, here's the thing about Memphis. Uh, I, I I've been pretty vocal about my uh, disdain for them. I think the the whole Golden State Memphis rivalry thing is absolutely uh, insane. Uh, Golden State's won four championships in that span. Memphis has been to zero Western Conference Finals. I think they've been to the right. playoffs four times, five times in that span. Uh, so. Yeah, you had that. I think, listen, if they were out east, no, they would not be a title contender Because I, I think right now, Milwaukee and Boston feels like they're just better than everybody else. Uh, they're kind yeah. of on a collision course. They're kind of destined to meet in the Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, mm-hmm. But look, this is a Western Conference with a lot of question marks. Uh, right. We talk about, you know, Phoenix. people like Phoenix. I was never high on Phoenix this year. I feel like they have to win a playing game to get in the postseason. Uh, I still think they'll probably get in, but I, it feels like they're out in the first round. Uh, we, we do have a few comments here, and I, I want to make a point about the Lakers. Uh, Barry says, you don't have to worry. Jeannie is the boss. Nothing will happen. Uh, Braun isn't going anywhere. Uh, let's see. Hold on. Got a couple more comments. Uh, he, uh, he offered them for Kyrie. Patrick, he offered both of them. Is Oh, he's talking about the, the first round picks. Okay, uh, there okay. is a there is a Lakers tax. Yeah, the, the, there's a report that came out yesterday and all throughout today that Joe Sy, the owner of the Brooklyn Nets, was intent about not not sending Kyrie okay. to where he wanted to go which is Los Angeles. I don't think it's a whole you know conspiracy against the Lakers. I think honest to God it's I'm not going to let Kyrie get his way essentially. Because well, Kyrie still could end up a Laker. If he doesn't like it in Dallas, he could still, you know, sign with the Lakers this this next off season. They don't have to give up anything. Uh so you have that dynamic you could get LeBron, AD and Kyrie as a trio although I think there's a ton of question marks that would come with that. Grady uh, says, the Lakers do have a responsibility to do what's best for the brand. I don't think trading for Kyrie would have been a responsible choice. Personally, guy is a head case. and You can't count on his word that he'll resign. To LeBron's credit, he does look the best he's looked since the Solomon Hill injury. Yeah, he, he's, no, he he's, you know, I was talking to Barry about this. He was on the show a couple weeks back, two, three weeks back. And I said, I don't know, aside from Tom Brady, I don't think I've ever seen anything like this. Where... <laughs> he's 38 years old. He's been, you know, he's been in the NBA longer in his lifetime than he hasn't been in the NBA. Obviously drafted 18 years old. He's age 38 now, um, and he's averaging 30 a game. He's going to pass Kareem, and it feels like he's got another three, three, four years left. Like he's he's going to surpass 40,000 points pretty darn soon. What sort of your takeaway? In terms of historically, what is what will this record mean for LeBron's legacy? Um, in terms of you know, this is a record that since 1966 has changed hands twice. Uh, I, I think it was Wilt breaking. I hope I'm getting this right. I think he broke George Mikan's record, if I'm not mistaken, for the all-time sure. scoring record. And then obviously Kareem broke Wilt's record in 1984, and it stood since for for you know 39ish years. What's this going to mean for LeBron's legacy? Because this, once he's once it's all said and done. Listen, I know there's a lot of great scores in the game today. I don't see anybody currently catching that record anytime soon.
1: But this missed for LeBron's legacy longevity, considering the fact that you're talking about one of the all-time great players that has, you know, met all the expectations since an 18-year-old kid came coming into the league. In an era where Kobe, the late great Kobe Bryant, was at it was hadn't even hit his apex yet. Uh MJ had just retired, and the the league was going into ushering in a new era. You know, once MJ retired. For me, as a LeBron James fan since his days in high school, I'm actually excited about this whole yeah. uh, uh, momentous occasion. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring.
0: A laundry. Ooh, a book club. <sighs> Computer solitaire,
1: huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious
0: prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, full by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: We saw him pass MJ in 2019. I remember that. That's- Kobe, the late great Kobe Bryant the night before the tragedy of the helicopter crash, Carl Malone, and now he's geared to pass Kareem. That's four ledges within a span of five years. That's that hasn't been done. We won't see anything like this for the next thirty plus years. For as far as his legacy, it's 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 a it's a uh, it's a moral victory and hit to an achievement of his of of his career his historic career because him passing kareem will feel like a championship a sentimental championship for him to say you know i played the game the right way i weathered the storm i've handled adversity throughout my 20-year career even coming into a league where Everybody, you know, we still revere, you know, MJ as the greatest player of all time, as the GOAT, and we'll look at ring count and all that, but at the end of the day, he's top two greatest players of all time. He's top two, and he should, this is something we all should embrace and enjoy, and hopefully Kareem doesn't spoil that on either tomorrow night or Thursday night, because I have a feeling it's going to be Thursday night, whenever he doesn't, you know, because the Bucks. And Lakers is a nationally televised game, and those are two teams that Kareem played for. So, I think as far as LeBron goes, it's a sentimental, you know, accolade for him. And, you know, it just felt like winning a championship, even though he'll probably say, I'd rather be standing on the stage hosting the Leia O'Brien trophy. Or the Bill, uh, yeah, the Leo O'Brien trophy. But. That's not either here or there. You know, the Lakers make it to the Finals or not the way this roster constructed. But it's a moment all NBA fans should embrace and just say you got to see one of the top two greatest players in league history break a a record that's been held for 39 years.
0: Yeah, and, and, you know, from what I'm reading from Kareem, uh, it, it seems like he... Listen, Kareem is one of the smartest individuals to ever play the game of basketball. And I think he the one thing that he lacked last year that shocked me was, and I talk about this all the time. My show was uh, self-awareness. And it seemed like as LeBron was getting closer and closer, he started to take more and more shots just out of the blue is right. like, well, th- this isn't the greatest look for cream, but I-, I think he understands the moment, what it's going to mean for LeBron and for cream uh, as well. And understanding that, you know, he- he's, he's kind of changed his tune in recent days in terms of, mm-hmm. uh, you know, giving LeBron his flowers and I'm with you. I would well, I be shocked if he breaks it tomorrow night in in, in Oklahoma City with a masterpiece? Because again, he needs thirty six points. That's absolutely within his range, considering he's average, averaging averaging uh, thirty. Um, I hope he does. I think the fact that it'd be Milwaukee and in LA, you know, makes the story that much better. Considering it was the two teams Kareem played for. To me, the only thing that make it better is if LeBron broke it against Cleveland. Um, but it, 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 no, it's it's going to be a remarkable moment. It's something that I've talked about in this show since last year. That you know we talk about how great the moment Steph passing Gray Allen was, and that was you know it was a great moment at the at the Garden hugging Gray Allen. But this is this is the pinnacle of records. This is uh this is the Jerry Rice receiving record in the NFL. If somebody somebody way down the road passes that record someday, you know that'll be a huge deal. Somebody it's this is the home run record in baseball. Like that's kind of the most hallowed uh, uh, thing in sports. But this is up there, so you know. Hats off to LeBron James for getting uh, to this point. Uh, we got a comment uh, from from Barry. He says LeBron is Bonds without the juice. Yeah, yeah, he, that, that's really what it is. Because, oh, yeah. yeah, again, to 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 not use the proverbial juice, if you will, to take care of his body the way that he has, uh, spending. I mean, God knows how much money on it. Uh, it's it, it's quite inspiring, and you're seeing that more and more with these athletes. I mean, two guys that are. Going on 35 years of age, Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, can't tell they're 35, so you're starting to see these athletes more and more. I think LeBron and Brady kind of changed the game in that respect of, you know, athletes aging the way they have. I think modern technology and modern science has, has really t- played a, a big part in that. Grady says, the only guy with a jump shot to catch LeBron, sorry, my bad on the typo, uh, is Ben Simmons. If he's got a jump shot, maybe he would. Yeah, Ben Simmons is going to pass the all-time scoring record. Uh, yeah, that's... a. Uh, yeah, I'll I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll wear Florida Gators gear on the show if that happens. Okay, like that's just oh, no. You I, I'm not I'm not exactly scared about Ben Simmons scoring forty thousand points. Let's just let's just put it that way.
1: So the the player the player uh, remotely close to passing LeBron after it's all said and done is probably going to be Luka at this. Yeah, end, even though yeah, Luca KD's. I mean, you could say KD, KD, KD play a while. He'd have to play another six years, and the way that his body I mean, is breaking down, it. He's not
0: even is he is he in top
1: 15 right now high uh, scoring or is he a little bit higher than that?
0: I think he passed Vince Carter recently, if I'm not mistaken. And Vince was was pretty high because Vince played forever. Uh let me see where Katie's at. Let's see. Uh all-time NBA leading scores. Let's see what we got here. So obviously it's it's Kareem and LeBron. Uh where is Kevin Durant on this list? Okay, he's 14th all-time in scoring. He's 14th all-time. He's looks like a couple hundred thousand behind Oscar Robertson so he'll he'll pass him soon. looks like he'll pass team soon as well. So KD will absolutely finish in the top 10 if not the top uh, 5 possibly if he plays long enough, but no, he he'll, he'll he'll never catch LeBron. So I do want to shift to the NFL. Again, we talk about guys that have changed the game in terms of athletes aging as well as they have. Uh, Tom Brady retired last Thursday. Mm-hmm. I said in the show that I wasn't as surprised as most people. I again cuz the week prior, the discussion was, where does Brady go next? Obviously, Vegas was floated. San Francisco now with the Brock Purdy injury was was certainly an option in Miami. But I said, you know, all of those teams, I don't feel like they're a Tom Brady signing away from contending for a Super Bowl. And so that's why I felt like retirement was on the table with the deal with Fox and, and everything. Uh, and he decided to call it quits after the 23 greatest seasons in the history of the league. What was sort of your takeaway uh, on the retirement? How's Tom Brady going to be remembered as, as the GOAT?
1: Well, there's going to be... No debate as far as if he is the GOAT because he is the GOAT. We won't see another quarterback like him step on the field ever again. Just like when MJ walked away in sport, uh, walked away from basketball and all the greats after that. There's there's not gonna be another player on this side of American Team Sports outside of time Brady. The one thing I will remember him for the twenty twenty uh Super Bowl run that they had. Yeah. That, to me, Bryson, was the greatest accomplishment of his career. Considering sure. that he had a he he left he was forced out of New England to prove a point. If the San Francisco 49ers had signed him the same year the Buccaneers went to the Super Bowl, rest assured the 49ers at least have two Super Bowls coming off of a mm-hmm. Super Bowl run in 2019. Shoulda, coulda, woulda for the 49ers. With when he signed with Tampa Bay, everybody laughed. Like you're gonna go to the worst team with the win percentage in the history of the NFL,
0: in the how history you... of of American team sports.
1: In in, Amer- in American team sports, how are you gonna turn that that Goosey franchise around? He had there was more talent on the offensive side of the ball than he ever had in New England. The defense was pretty good because the end of the middle of the 2019 season, this that that defense started playing really well. But Jameis Whistler going third for 30 didn't solve any problems. You bring in Tom Brady, you implement the Patriot way in his way as far as how to do things. They started that season okay, but they wasn't good enough. You make a couple moves here and there, the rest is history because they went three playoff games and including being the first host city and team to win the super bowl with the Rams following the following season over a hundred thousand yards throughout passing multiple uh, MVP winner. The list goes on and on. We know his accolades from top to bottom when this season took a toll on him emotionally, yeah. because his divorce was publicized and, if I was reading up on some of that stuff, he said he was uh, traumatized by you know his personal life being in the media like that. It took a toll on him, but I think most of us knew during training camp and preseason, something wasn't right with Brady. Something wasn't. he Because you know a guy who's all in on football and I don't know too many players who love studying a film like Tom Brady did. I did I, there's not very many players that can say that they like studying a film, but they don't have that that grind and that love, you know, to be consistent. You know, what can I do to take advantage of a different sets on defense of what they're giving me? You know, that that was the one thing. I, this is the one thing on Miss Brady, That competitiveness. Yeah. When he steps on the field, he's the best player on the
0: field. Lucky Land Casino asking people, "What's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?" Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha! In my dentist's office.
1: the GOAT of quarterbacks, in my opinion. He's the GOAT of quarterbacks in, in, on my list. There's no other quarterback that's going to top that other than the great Patrick Magic Mahomes in Kansas City, who I consider the Tiger Woods of, of football. Sure. Exciting to watch, and we can't take his greatness for granted either. So, I'm, I'm Tom Brady, I, I wish him nothing but the best in retirement, and he's supposed to start with Fox next season. Is what I read today. Yeah, so yeah. He's gonna, he's gonna be, you know, he's gonna probably take time away. Then, whenever we see him on the Fox cameras, it'll probably be during. Hopefully, he's in a booth because Fox has to make a decision after the Super Bowl whether Brady is going to be the number one commentator or they're going to keep Greg Olsen. You didn't sign him to be your number one football analyst. He doesn't get in the booth, so it's going to be very strange. Not seeing number twelve behind center in twenty twenty three, but man, twenty three seasons, ten Super Bowls. You win seven. You got more rings than any other franchise in the Super Bowl era. I mean, what more can you ask for? Tom Brady, let's go!
0: Let's go. That's yeah, that's it. And and you know, you make a point, and and I've I've talked about this with with people about the whole Fox analyst thing. Olsen's doing a really good job. Like he's, he's, you know, he, he had to fill some the shoes of Troy Aikman, which, which Troy Aikman had to fill the shoes of John Madden. Guy's done a solid job as, as the number one analyst. And so I'm not sure if, you know, once push comes to shove, does Greg also move to another network? Uh, does cause, cause obviously, like you said, you're giving a man $375 million. He's, he's probably not gonna be sitting in, uh, the number two booth. And he's probably not gonna be sitting, you know, in the studio doing the pre post and, 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 uh, halftime show. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. But yeah, no question about it. The, in my view, the greatest athlete in history of team sports. With all due respect to Michael Jordan, to LeBron, to Gretzky, to, to Babe Ruth, whoever's the go to baseball, Um, I don't think we've ever seen any seen anything like him or will see anything like him again. Uh, I want to throw in a question before we get to the Super Bowl. Last one before we get to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, you are a Dallas Cowboys fan. Uh, mm-hmm. You are part of a fan base of which uh, I can no longer – Call myself of which, but this is just gonna be an interesting off season, Patrick. Because I saw the quote from Jerry. I don't know if you saw it about the being aggressive in the off season. And you know, the thing that I've always said about Jerry Jones is it's not. Listen, the, the 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 press conferences and stuff. It's annoying. But the the biggest reason why I despise the way that Jerry runs his business is there's almost a real mom and pop type feel with it. There's a you have to build through the draft, not being aggressive in free agency, and in some cases paying the wrong guys. I Man, I love Jalen Smith; he's a remarkable story. That was a horrible contract they gave to oh, him. Yeah. Ezekiel Elliott was was a mistake as well. Some argue that they paid Dak too much. Tyron Smith got a long term deal, so and not to mention you are going to have guys down the pipeline: Ceedee Lamb, Trayvon Diggs, definitely Micah Parsons, uh, though you are yeah. going to have to get paid pretty soon. So, but Jerry was talking, and he said something along the lines of he doesn't agree necessarily with how the Eagles do business because they went all in going out and get A.J. Brown, going out and getting uh, uh, some of these guys in the interior defensive line being aggressive with the draft. And my takeaway was, if you've got a team that you think can't contend for a Super Bowl, and Dallas is certainly on the precipice, go for it. That's why I agree with the, the, the Niners going out and getting Christian McCaffrey. It's why the Rams won the Super Bowl going out and getting, to start with, Matt Stafford, then Von Miller, then Odell Beckham Jr. Um, you know, sort of you were talking about with uh, with the Lakers and, and, and Rob Palenka, you know, kind of like F them picks mentality. Uh, it wouldn't hurt Dallas not just f them picks but maybe f the depth if you will if you feel like you've got the the team that's that's willing to contend for a championship uh moore has gone uh, i think brian shot in a new offensive coordinator which that that doesn't mean anything because mike mccarthy's going to p- call the plays anything uh, anyway right. what's uh what do you want to see from the cowboys this offseason that you feel like okay we can go into 2023 with a little bit of momentum considering how how poorly the season ended against the 49ers
1: well for starters the, the playoff loss hurts more than anything right now because i felt like this was a team as up and down as it was and we had this this, we've had this conversation several times throughout the last couple of years first part of the year that goes down start go four out of five we'll go as far as the defense takes us right that comes back defense regresses a little bit then it was oh Dak can carry this team. He can, we'll go as far as Dak goes. And for me, and I I believe I said it was right after the, the Tennessee game, Dak's interceptions was still cause for concern. Sure. And from that moment on, I kind of I would say I lost faith in this team, but the playoff win, the playoff road win for the first time since 90 since 92 kind of gave me a little glimmer of hope. But when you go up against the best team in the NFC, in my humble opinion, from roster and coaching and the defense balls out and we only muster up 12 points and that hurt because I felt like. This team fought tooth and nail to have back to back winning seasons, despite all of the mishaps that occurred, the debacle the, the in Green Bay, Jacksonville, the Dak you know, playing his worst game of his career against, you know, the Commanders. There was glimmer of hope. We had a slight chance. We had the momentum going into the game. But when it all was said and done, it come down to quarterback play. Come down to Dak. It hurt me because I felt like this team, if, if there's anything that could have went wrong, it was quarterback play. But the defense got worn down. Once we lost Tony Pollard in that game, it it was okay. Dak, the Forty Niners are daring you to beat them because the, our best offensive player outside of C.D. Lane was, was taken off the field. But going into this off season, I'm, I'm gonna say this, and I know Barry will probably agree with me. I'm not getting excited about free agency. In all honesty, I, I'm not gonna get excited about it because they'll talk in gaslight about this and. And with a salary cap era, you know, we don't have much to work for. You got maybe a little over $22 million in cap space. So in order to create more cap space, you extend Dak to lower his cap hit. In order order to explore that, you add more years, but you lower that cap hit. It's pretty much Mike McCarthy and Dak Prescott. Those two are on the hot seat. Because Dan Quinn coming back for another run says a lot about what Jerry's thinking. Brian Schottenheimer is a decent coordinator, but Mike McCarthy still going to be calling the plays. Mike Slar, who was just hired in as a new offensive line coach, he was in Seattle, but he's got uh, connections with Dallas under the uh, late great Tom Landry for uh, uh, 87 88 So he's going to bring out that physicality in that offensive line. And I think him and McCarthy go back, as well somewhere down the line but Jerry Jones does what Jerry Jones does best because he's got to you know, talk to keep the fans happy anybody in that locker room and as a lifelong Cowboys fan stop talking about going to the Super Bowl and be about going to the Super Bowl
0: with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom Sorry,
1: sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky.
0: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: Go out every week and practice like it's a Super Bowl. You win the offseason uh, with your acquisitions. Far as your free agency goes. And get this: the last big name marquee free agent Dallas signed was Brandon Card. Yeah. 2012. Five years, 50 million, 25 million guarantee. Over that decade of time is how much Jerry has spent on free agents on one-year deals. Wow. Dang, that's bad. Yeah. So i I, whenever I see teams like the Rams give up their picks. And as much as it pains me. To say the Eagles, you know, being in the Super Bowl, it, it pays me. Sure, they saw an opportunity. They went out and got AJ Brown. Look how well they worked out for Tennessee. It got their GM fired. You went out and drafted fairly well. Your uh, Jalen Hurts is your quarterback of the future. And I said in 2020, Jalen Hurts was gonna was a steal in the second round. I yeah. was not a fan of his, but. That was kind of the shocker of twenty twenty in that draft when they took Jalen Hurts after giving Carson Wentz a contract extension. I told you what they thought of him. Yeah, that that pretty much was saying, okay, we don't like what we have with Carson Wentz, but we're giving him his money because that's where the market was going. If the Eagles, after that Super Bowl run in twenty seventeen, had traded Carson Wentz for draft equity and went with Nick Foles, I don't think they draft. I don't think they would have drafted Jalen Hurts. But when they took him on draft night. I said to myself, in about three years, the Eagles are going to be the Super Bowl because Jalen Hurts is – he's a leader. He's a leader. Even though he's undersized, they're going to put the weapons around him, and they've done just that. I mean, Hassan reddick we didn't see this Hassan Reddick in Arizona.
0: No, that weapon? was that was a steal. That was a steal. He was huge this
1: year. And not only that, they went out and added Adam Kasu. And uh, uh, Joseph, you know, to add depth on their defensive line, you know, Robert Quinn. And, you know, you already had, you know, Darius Slay and they added James Bradbury. So.
0: CJ Gardner Johnson from the Saints. Like that's, I mean, that that, but that's, 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 and that's kind of my point, Patrick, about, about Jerry is, um, and about any of these teams that are more conservative in their offseason approaches, you know, would you rather be good for 10 years contend maybe two or three of those and come up empty handed or would you rather be like the Toronto Raptors knowing Kawhi Leonard's a one-year rental and getting a championship out of it uh you know they I always use the Raptors as kind of model the the Rams as, as the model that yes you can swing big and if nothing else what it is too is the front office in the case of Jerry he's the owner and general manager sending a message to the players saying that I think this team's close you know, again, talking about the Philadelphia Eagles, Howie Roseman, Jeffrey Lurie, they're like, I think we really are in the precipice. We're, we we just need a few more pieces filling some holes, and they're in the last game of the season. Like, that's that's how you got to do business in the NFL and in sports, and that's, you know, the Dodgers do it in baseball. They, they, they oh, got a yeah. World Series out of it in 2020. Like, that's that's what drives me nuts about some of these, these big brands, especially. The Yankees can do this, which I'm not—I don't have an issue with that. I'm a Red Sox fan. I'm not going to complain about that, but— but it you know, it's certainly, I can understand as you know, as a former Cowboy fan, it definitely frustrated me back in the day, and I can understand for the fan base today. So to the Super Bowl, uh, number one seeds in both conference. Uh, I, I think it's fair to say the most consistent teams uh, throughout the year. You know, Kansas City from the jump. I remember that first game against Arizona. They Mahomes do like four touchdown passes the first half. Hasn't missed a B. I think he's the clear MVP, although Jalen Hurts is probably in second place right after him uh, due to some of the injuries. Uh, and Philadelphia was certainly the best running team in the league. Uh, without a question, the best offensive line in the league and one of the premier top two or three defensive league up there was San Francisco. Uh, Baltimore played well towards the end. Um, before I ask you my prediction, what's sort of your takeaway? Let's start with the AFC champs. What's sort of your takeaway on Kansas City uh, to get to this point? Because, you know, it was just 10 months ago. A lot of people wrote this, this team off when they traded Tyree Kill.
1: Kansas City, in my humble opinion, um, without Tyreek Hill, Mahomes made it work. Yeah. They went out and added Juju Smith-Schuster with little to, to a limited run game, and they get to the Super Bowl. Travis Kelsey is the best tight end in football right now, in yeah. my humble opinion. Offensive line has played decent. and. The front, uh, their front four on defenses. I mean, they can still get home to the quarterback with Frank Clark and Chris Jones and a couple guys here and there. Their secondary still hit and miss, but I, and my whenever we did our, uh, I watched. Uh, Think I had the Chargers winning the AFC West, because I thought if the if the Chiefs, this was going to be a tough road for Kansas City without you know cheating. It was going to be a tough road for them and a division where you need to go toe-to-toe with one another. I wouldn't say I was shocked that they that they got back, but it's a testament to Patrick Mahomes' greatness and what he's been able to do. I mean, five straight AFC Championship games, and this is his third trip to Super Bowl in five seasons. I mean, him and Andy Reid are the best quarterback, uh, head coach quarterback, dual oh. football right now. They're, they're the best 100%. without no, no questions asked. Um, for them to have faced a little adversity after losing to Cincinnati in the, uh, during the season in Buffalo, which at that time I thought Buffalo was going the AFC was going to run through Buffalo, if not Cincinnati, but Kansas City had a lot to say about that the second half of the season. The Chiefs, you know, weathered the storm, they finished what 13 and 4, if I'm not mistaken. And 14 and 3. 14 and 3, and they won the AFC West. They they did what they had to do. They took care of business. They they kind of tuned out the noise and, and just stayed the course. You know, that that's the difference for teams that are well coached and well prepared versus teams that they have to go out every week and try to prove the media wrong, like my cowboys try to do. If I can have Andy Reid right now, I'd be happy.
0: <laughs> I think a lot of I got my
1: I've I've got Mike McCarthy and to his credit, you know, back to back winning seasons and I, I, know I think it, McCarthy's it, done a
0: solid job. I really do. He's
1: done a solid job, for real, because not to get back to the Cowboys, but it just pains me that the Eagles are in the Super Bowl. It,
0: it yeah, really I was gonna does. ask you about Philly next. What's your takeaway on them? Because uh, I remember when I did my playoff weaknesses, um which I did for all 14 teams going into the postseason. I think for Phillies, I had essentially two weaknesses. I said didn't trust uh, the run defense, which really struggled big time the second half of the season. That has not really been an issue in large part because they've blown. They, they've they've gotten so big big of leads that you know that teams can't run the ball. Even if you do have Saquon Barkley or Christian McCaffrey in the case of the Niners, they had. listen well, as bad as Daniel Jones was in that game, you'll take Daniel Jones over Josh Johnson. Uh, you know, a 15 year journeyman, but it's gonna be interesting because Philadelphia they're really not going to have to worry about the run game against Kansas city. Cause not only can Kansas city not run the ball, they really don't commit to the run because they have a remarkable talent uh, at quarterback. Um, and I didn't trust Nick Sirianni, but the, the one thing I always gave Nick Sirianni going back to week two. when they, I remember when they beat Minnesota on a Monday night game. I said, Nick Sirianni knows what he is and what he isn't. He's not trying to, to show you how brilliant of an offensive mind that he is. Uh, Cause he didn't even call plays back as the head coach of the, or, I'm sorry, as the OC of the Colts back in the day under Frank, Wright. Um, he trusted the guys. He hired a good staff. Um, obviously, he trusted the front office to do what they were supposed to do, and he's kind of been some somewhat of a game-managing coach, which in his role, he's been solid. Do I think he's coach of the year material? Absolutely not. I think that's Brian Dable, Pete Carroll, Kyle Shanahan. Um, what's your takeaway, with on Philly? Because I think if you're talking all three phases of the game, all three phases, they're probably the best team in the league.
1: What really stood out to me, with Philadelphia this year is Jalen Hurts made strikes from last year to this year. That was the biggest, you know, uh mark on, you know, this team getting where they're at right now. Very good offensive line. He Miles Sanders, you know, boston Scott, you know, they can run the ball effectively. AJ Brown has been a godsend for Jalen Hurts because they they know going into this offseason that they're gonna to have to pay Jalen Hurts. He's their quarterback right now. Oh, absolutely. He's their he's the quarterback of the future moving for. They've got more in Jalen Hurts than they did in Carson Wentz. And they, you know, Lane Johnson, you know, battling through the growing injury to somehow get back on the field to be a part of this run. Uh Jason Kelsey is still there. Their defense was vastly improved from a year ago. Because we saw a defense last year that just did not – they they could they didn't know their roles in general. The offense struggled a little bit, and you could just see the strides that both sides of the ball made. I mean, Hassan Redick was the biggest acquisition on their defense, hands down, as much as it pains me to say that. But I will say this, that nobody has probably brought up. Philadelphia tried to blow you out in the first half. They, yeah. they can they can get away with that. But who's the quarterback on the opposite side that they're playing against that's being down double digits is is nothing to be afraid of.
0: Yeah, I mean, I like I said, I don't think there's a quarterback with all respect to Brady in the history of the league that I would rather have down double digits than Mahomes. I've I've said that all year. I, I believe, and this is my putting my
1: analyst hat on, Philadelphia jump out to a 17 seven lead. Okay, I can see that. They will jump out to a 17-7 lead and start feeling themselves, you know, draw drawing with the with the Kansas City players and Nick Seriani puffing his chest out. All the game's over with. Y'all, y'all just to go ahead and pack up and go home. 17 7 to be 24 17 in no time. But the, but that that's the one thing that people can over have overlooked. Their defense is great, but you're not playing. Brock Hurdy, you're not playing Daniel Jones in a Super Bowl. You're playing the best quarterback in the league right now in Patrick Magic Mahomes. Andy Reid is a brilliant play caller. Travis Kelsey is probably going to be triple team. So the X Factor for me, Kadarius Toney for the Kansas City Chiefs. Kadarius Toney is going to be the X Factor. I want to see what Andy Reid does with him, getting him involved early, getting the cheap, getting the Eagles, get them get them moving on the defensive side to kind of make them pick their poison. Like, okay, we can triple team Travis Kelsey, but he's going to get his. Who's the other player on this team that they have to worry about? And that it's going to be Kadarius Tony. Now, Mikael Hardman is on IR, and uh, Edwards Hilaire has been elevated to the yes. uh, the roster. So. That's and Valdez-Scanley,
0: I think, is going to be a factor too. He, he he's can be great a, in the AFC Championship game.
1: He's going to be a factor, but the biggest matchup, I think, everybody's watching is the Chiefs offensive line versus the Eagles defensive front. That's going to be the tall tale of the game. Can this Chiefs offensive line hold up against that that, that Eagles pass rush? That that's going to be the biggest the tall tale of the game. If if the Chiefs offensive line can hold up, all the credit. Will the Eagles implode. I, I think it's coming. I, I think it's coming only because this team celebrates more more victories than any team in NFL. They were celebrating in their locker room after they won NFC the Championship game like they just
0: won the Super Bowl. Well, I mean, they did win the NFC Championship game and in, the, in, the, in their in their defense, and their fans were celebrating like it was a Super Bowl too. Now the fans, just, yeah, I'll give you the fans. The fan that
1: that fan base is very obnoxious. It's I can't, I can't stand it as a as a lifelong Cowboys fan. I will never go to Philadelphia for a Cowboys-Eagles game. I, I can't see myself do no. because my anxiety won't hold up that long mm. for, for, for three hours dealing with those fans. It, it won't
0: hold up. You're not safe there, Patrick. No cowboy fan is. I, I would not. I, no, I, I, you listen. I care about you too much, my man, to to have you go over there, to Philly, and, and put and, and put yourself in danger like that. Uh. So, last question. I mean, I'm just gonna ask you point blank before I do. Here's here. So, Alfred pr- uh, predicted Kansas City to win. We had Alfred on last Thursday. He had Kansas City 28 24. John John came on the show. Uh, he has not officially given a prediction. He said he will not uh uh, uh let me know until the fan perspective podcast. Shout out to those guys over there. Uh, air soon. Um once once he gives his prediction there, we'll put his prediction up here up here, whether he picks the Kansas City Chiefs, or the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh point blank, Patrick. Who you got and what score? Chiefs. I got the Chiefs winning. Patrick Mahomes gave in a drive to set up a
1: Harrison Bucker walk-off field goal
0: twenty-seven-24. Okay. Wow, gosh, that's almost identical to, to Alfred's score. There you there you go. So you got 20. So we'll we'll put your score up on the board next time we have a guest on. So we'll have Alpha's got 28-24. You've got 27-24. Harrison Butker walk off field goal. I, I like it. So you said, so you said that Philly would jump out 17-7. Kansas City would go up 24-17. So I'm assuming J- uh, Jalen leads another drive You know, it's, it's very remiss of when Jalen led that drive at Alabama against Clemson, which looks like the game when he drive, and then, you know, Clemson's office came back. But that's uh I, listen, that'd be a great Super Bowl. And, and look, that, that is a stadium that has had probably two of the greatest Super Bowls ever, uh, both involving the Patriots with the Giants beating them in, in, in 07 and then the Patriots beating the Seahawks in 2014. So for, we're in for a good one. Uh, I do agree with you, John, John, and Alfred. I do think it's going to be close down the wire. Patrick Brown, Chaotic Sports Podcast. Appreciate you soldiering through uh, your seasonal allergy. I know those are no joke without a question, but I uh, appreciate you coming on the show, my man
1: always glad to be here Bryson before I go uh, the Chaotic sports podcast can be found on the grid shout out to all of our uh our grid teammates uh, too many people to name but I know that you know Barry's watching uh, Alfred from the uh, Rock and field Jazz podcast our brothers up in Canada the Cowboys can fan Ryan flowers from the Clutch sports talk go check all of our content out um, I'm working on two very special episodes for my podcast yes sir a dallas cowboys year review where i'm going to break down everything try to break down as much as i can and the other episode i'm excited about is the state of the black head coach in nfl Mm. that's going to be the the root of what's going on how come we don't have you know enough black head coaches in nfl and why do they keep getting passed over So that I'm really looking forward to that. I've been working on that for a few weeks and hopefully get those on the grid here very soon. And to all of our, um, the ones who are on the stream, please take care of your mental and physical health. Please do that. If anybody hasn't told you today they love you, I love you. And Bryson, while I've got you here, you'll probably need a Kleenex after the show's over because I have very sentimental stuff I want to share with you if you don't mind. Sure, go ahead you know our our friendship is is deeper than sports it's deeper than sports and i want to tell you that i i love you from the depths of my heart and soul and i appreciate everything that you do for this po- the sports podcast community you are going places Bryson. you are going to be in places that People probably wouldn't expect you to be sitting in. You're going to be in meeting rooms with people discussing big projects pertaining to sports or presidents, whichever the case may be. Because I know you, you are a nerd for, you know, US, pre, for US for US history and whatnot. It's been a journey for me. And I just want to say you I, I love you like a little brother. You're the little brother I never had. And I just want to tell you that because you know tomorrow's not promised. I love you with all my heart and soul, Bryson Carver. I really do. I thank you for the brotherhood and the friendship that we've bonded over the last three years or so since you know we connected on social media. I'm a big supporter of your show, and if you ever need me to come back for a football, basketball, just let me know. I I got you, bro. I, I love I love this and continue to use your platform and be an ally in these in these dark and parallel times. I really appreciate you and all of our great teammates. If you're watching, I love you guys too, and I look forward to seeing you all very soon.
0: Well, I appreciate that, Patrick. Uh, I repeat all the sentiments you just expressed, and uh, like I said, I love you like the older brother. I never had. So I, I appreciate that. Appreciate everything you've done for the grid network. You're listen, you're going places yourself, man. Don't sell yourself short. You're, you're doing outstanding work. And, uh, you know, w- once you get that, uh, once you get that podcast out about the, you know, the mystery of the, of the black coach in the NFL, I, I, I'd love to have you on the show to discuss it. Cause that's, that is something that I think is, is the league's biggest, biggest problem without a question. So Patrick, I love you, man. Appreciate that message as always. You always bring in the word, uh, like I said, it always goes deeper than sports with uh, the two of us. So I appreciate you, my man, and uh, hope to do this again soon.
1: All right, take it easy, Brazy. God bless.
0: God bless, Patrick Brown. Chaotic Sports Podcast. I love that guy. He, he's he is the absolute best. Like he's, I'm telling you, he's one of the good guys in the in, in, in this podcast space. He he really is. When you, I mean, you you talk about somebody that you want in your foxhole, somebody you want in your corner. That's that's the guy. That that is the guy. And we are. Very, very fortunate to have him at the Grid Network with the Chaotic Sports Podcast. All right. So he's got Chiefs. Alfred's got the Chiefs. Very similar scores. Alfred, 28-24. Patrick, 27-24. We'll try and get John John scoring uh, pretty soon. And we've got some great guests coming on throughout the rest of this week. Um, I think we got Mike Guido on slate for Thursday. And we may or may not have the Dallas Cowboys Cam fan or not the Dallas Cowboys can fan, the Cowboys can fan on Friday. So we got some stuff in the mix. Some great guests this week. It is Super Bowl week. Trying to, to, to stack the guest list. I'm looking forward to that. Before we get out of here, one more topic involving the team that I love from the bottom of my heart, and that is the Golden State Warriors, who now see themselves in a very uh, precarious situation as it pertains to the, the health of their superstar player, Steph Curry. He is going to be out uh, for an extended period of time. The Warriors had not said how long. Uh, but he's going to be out with a leg injury. It looks like there's some some ligament issues there. Uh, Sham Sharani reported that yesterday. And so Steph is, what we do know, I know Woj reported, Steph is out past at least the All-Star break. So he's he's gone probably at the, at the best case scenario early to mid-March. So my takeaway on on, on on the injury is this: First of all, thankfully the Warriors only have five games left until the All Star break, and then you got a week off to recalibrate, get yourself, uh, you know, in position to to be healthy, to try and make a run. Uh, as we sit here today, I believe the Warriors are uh, sitting there as the eight seed, the eight seed in the Western Conference, and what's crazy. They're uh, they're two and a half games out of the three seed, like the West from literally from three Sacramento to 13 Lakers, there's a five-game difference. From the 3 seed to the 13C, seed. is a five-game difference. Like, that's how tight the Western Conference is right now. That's why I say, uh, and by the way, Memphis is sliding right now as we speak. They've lost eight of the the last 10 games. Thank you very much, Shannon Sharp, the Hall of Famer. Um, But, and like I said, the Eastern Conference, that's why I think Milwaukee and Boston have separated themselves. For Golden State. Here's why I don't think this is like a deal-breaker. First of all, Seeding, I think, at this point in the game, especially in the West, is irrelevant. I really think that. For the Warriors, to me, at this particular moment in time, focus on just not, focus on not having to plan the play in tournament. Because I don't want Golden State, again, listen, Clay's not in his prime anymore, neither is Draymond, and Jordan Poole has yet to get into his prime. He is still only 23 years old, I believe. Andrew Wiggins is in his prime, but he just come back from an injury. He's going to be the key in this instance in keeping the Warriors afloat with Steph out. But I think in terms of, for the Warriors, not having to play an extra game, God forbid, two games, should they lose the first playing game, if they're the seven or eight seed, getting a week off, going into the postseason, whether they're the sixth seed, even the five seed, which would be great, um, or the four seed possibly, just go into the postseason healthy. That's got to be the mindset for the Golden State Warriors uh, and, and go into the postseason without having to play in the playing tournament, without having to play any extra games. For Steph, the, the reason for him individually it's a hair concerning is because it is a knee injury. The last one was a shoulder injury, but A, it was on his non-shooting shoulder, and B, he's been fine. He had that big game against uh, Memphis in which he, to me, inexplic- inexplicably got tossed out of that game. He had a near 30-point triple-double against the Raptors and then did it again against the Thunder. Steph is Steph. Like, the shoulder injury I don't think was ever going to be a concern. Now I'm concerned about whether or not he can generate the explosion that he needs in terms of driving to the rim, creating space on a shot. I know he had an injury similar to this back in 2016 and in 2018. Not in that same area, uh, but Steph did struggle when he came back at times to create some space on open shots. So that's where Klay Thompson is to have to step up. That's where Jordan Poole's going to have to step up. He's going to be back in the starting lineup uh, for Steph. But to me, once again, the key in, in this whole instance for me is Andrew Wiggins. Andrew Wiggins hasn't had that many 20-point scoring games. And while his defense has been outstanding, again, he's the he is the classic great number three wing. He's agile. He's incredibly athletic. He's active on the offensive and in the defensive glass. And he's a remarkable wing defender. You look at what he did to Luka Doncic in the Western Conference Finals last year. Luka's numbers were good, but he made life very hard on him, forced him into some inefficient shooting nights. And he did a number on Jason Tatum in the NBA Finals. Having Andrew Wiggins back in the lineup over the last few games, again, sort of trying to get his rhythm back, you need him to be a scoring presence, a guy you can count on to give you at least 17, 18 points a game. clay has been doing his thing since December. He's averaging over 20 points in that span. His three-point shot's back. He's creating uh, a separation on his mid-range shots. And Draymond's been playing outstanding basketball. He just had a, a game where I think he was a rebound and an assist of a 17-point triple-double with a couple blocks, a few steals. Draymond is Draymond. Like, that's that's what he's going to do. Kevon Looney. Again, if Golden State, which they would never be because they are in Golden State, but if they were in the Eastern Conference, I'd be nervous. Because I don't want round one to got to go to Boston. Or Milwaukee. But out west, Denver, Golden State could be Denver. Absolutely. They competed with Denver last week without Clay or Draymond. So, I mean, why why would I be worried about that? Golden State did beat Denver last year, albeit Jamal Murray was out at that at that point, and they did not have Catavius Caldwell Pope. Denver's a whole different monster this year than they were a year ago. But if Golden State opens with Memphis, <laughs> you think I'm scared? You think the Warriors are scared? First of all, they've beaten him twice this year. The first time they beat him, Steph didn't play. So get Steph back, even if he's 80% Steph, working his way back into the lineup, working his way back into a rhythm. That can be Memphis. That's an afterthought. The team that to me stands out, and I'm not drinking the Kool-Aid in terms of them winning the championship. I ain't going to do that. Watch out for the Los Angeles Clippers. This is a team I predicted to lose in the first round. I was worried about Kawhi's health, Paul George's health, This team is going to make a move at the deadline. Is Kawhi going to be around the playoffs? Knock on wood for him? But I don't think so. You know what the crazy thing is? I don't think they need him to get to the Western Conference Finals. I don't. I don't think the West is all that deep. Dallas does not scare me because they're horrible defensively now, adding Kyrie and losing a wing defender in Dorian Finney-Smith. And losing another scorer, by the way, in Spencer Dinwiddie. So for Golden State? No. Not worried. Phoenix is not even close to Phoenix that they were a year ago. The, the 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 focus for me, if I'm a Golden State Warriors fan, which I am, don't play in the playing tournament. Avoid the playing tournament. Six seed on up, and you're you are cooking in peanut oil, as one said. You're you are feeling good about yourself. Although I hope they're not cooking in peanut oil, oil because I'm allergic to peanut oil and peanuts in general. Uh, we got a few comments here. Uh. From Grady, he says, No clue what's going on with the Warriors this season, man. It's crazy. Yeah, I mean, the thing with Golden State, the biggest thing that's been uncharacteristic about them, and I do think they can fix it because they have, you know, they have a remarkable head coach and it's, it's as good of a starting five as there is in the NBA. They have been sneaky bad in fourth quarters this season. Boston, the second go around, they had a horrible fourth quarter at home against the Brooklyn Nets without Kevin Durant. They blew a lead against the Timberwolves last week in the fourth quarter. Uh, there was another team I, I'm blanking on who it was uh, that they blew a, a big fourth quarter lead to. It's not coming my head. Uh, I know they blew a lead to Orlando in the fourth quarter like that. They've really struggled with that this season. So if they can if they can correct that issue and again, a lot of it has been careless, careless. I tweet. I go crazy about this on Twitter. The careless turnovers at times from every from Steph. Draymond at times, I know D. Vincenzo, who I've loved off the bench, but he's been a little bit careless with the basketball. Like Some of these guards have got to slow it down a little bit. Um, Jordan Poole especially. This his term it makes me want to run my head through a wall. Um, that's the biggest issue. This is too good of an offensive team not to get as many shots up as possible. That's what I'm concerned about. Uh, for the Golden State Warriors. If they fix that, if they fix their fourth-quarter defense, they fix their turnovers as a whole, turnovers are going to come with the, the the offense that Steve Kerr runs. That, that, it's always been the case ever since he arrived there. But it's been unforced errors. It's not been a situation where, oh, it's a miscommunication. These are just bad, boneheaded mistakes. Fix that. And again, some of it, Grady, honestly, and to everybody out there watching and listening, <laughs> I mean this. I think Golden State's kind of bored. I, I think it's it's similar to what we saw from them in years past where your uh, regular season doesn't mean anything. It, what matters is what you do in April, May, and June. That's what matters. But Bob Myers, that uh, that guy in Brooklyn, you've, uh, you've got the asses to get him. You've got the asses to get him. I love this comment so much from Grady. He's <laughs> he says, I hope the Grizzlies are listening to Free Falling by Tom Petty <laughs> before every single... Free falling. Oh my gosh, I love that. <laughs> they should be. Yo, know, you're right, Grady. Though they should be. They've lost. I think three straight. Eight of their last ten. They get smoked by everybody. You know, John Morant's in trouble now. Um, Dylan Brooks getting suspended. I mean, they are they are falling apart right now, y'all. It is. It is a surprise. Now, the, listen. The John Morant situation is serious. Like I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to joke around about that. Like that. That that's no joke. But. The Grizzlies and their, as Grady put it, free fall. Oh, it's hilarious. I, I love every second of it. It's it's, it's what they do. This young team who's never accomplished anything acts like they did accomplish something. And then when they meet the slightest bit of adversity, they fall like a lawn chair. That's, that's how it goes. That's Memphis. That's the Memphis Grizzlies. The team that says they're rivals with the Golden State Warriors. No, 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 no. As I keep saying, the one team that was ever a rival of the Warriors, I mean a rival. Neither team liked each other, but both teams had a healthy, as as uh, as Greg Popovich would say, a healthy fear of the other. Cleveland Cavaliers with LeBron James. Like, that was it. Every other team. By the way, it now feels like a good time to mention that the Cleveland Cavaliers have not beaten the, beaten the Golden State Warriors since Game 4 of the 2017 Finals. They have not beaten us since. Just wanted to shout out to Cleveland. Just wanted to throw that out there. All right, that is all the time we have for today's show. Appreciate everybody stopping by, as always. Big shout-out to Patrick Brown of the Chaotic Sports Podcast here at The Grid. Thank you so much uh, for stopping by the show. Talk all things NFL, NBA. Look forward to having him on the future. Be sure to catch Carving It Up live on Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on Facebook Live, YouTube, and on Twitter. And be sure to like, share, comment, and take two seconds out of your day. Hit that big red subscribe button. Helps the channel grow exponentially. We just got a new Tom Brady video on there now. So be sure to check that out. And be sure to go subscribe, as Patrick said, to the Grid Network. That is G-R-Y-D, the Grid Podcast Network on YouTube, which is where you can find Patrick's show. You can find my show. Barry Grant Jr. of the Olive Podcast. He was in the comments today. We can find his show. He had an excellent podcast uh, recently. Please go sh- be sure to go check that out. Ryan Flowers literally just made a video talk about the Super Bowl. Be- definitely be sure to check that out. Uh, 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 it just hit just uploaded a few hours ago. Uh, definitely be sure to, to, to give that a listen and a, uh, and, and to check it out for sure. Alfred Parshaw jr has been putting out outstanding content from the rocket fuel jets podcast. Had him on last week. Love always love my guy, Alfred love having him on the show and the Cowboys camp Fan podcast who looks like we may be having on this week. I've really, really been looking forward to this, uh, to having those guys on the show. Uh, definitely should check their stuff out on their podcast uh, YouTube channel and on the grid, which is where you can listen to all of our podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. So it's Super Bowl week. It's Super Bowl opening night. I'm not sure if it's going on right now in Arizona. I'm going to have to check that out. But uh, this is it, the week leading to the biggest game in all sports, February 12th, that one date we've been talking about. In Glendale, Arizona. Looking forward to that. Get out of all kinds of storylines going into Thursday, the NBA trade deadline, mind you. Definitely looking forward to talking about all that. Have a great week, everybody. Please continue to stay safe out there, echoing the words of Patrick Brown. Please be sure to take care of your physical and your mental health. God bless you all. Peace out. Wrong, wrong. Peace out. I had to get the I had to get the uh... think he's there. Wrong hand. My bad. Thanks so much for watching the show on YouTube. Be sure to click that big red subscribe button and go check out the other clips and full shows of Carving It Up Live. Have a blessed day. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire.
1: Huh? Ah.